This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Welcome back to Swanscast, everyone. I'm joined once again by the lovely Amy Clements. Welcome back, Amy. It's been a while. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It has been a while. <laughs> yeah, I think we didn't we didn't get any of your uh, lovely opinions last season, oh. but. Right at the start of the season, we'll uh, we'll get some of your thoughts on the Swans and some of the stuff you've been up to. Perhaps not necessarily just related to the Swans, football related, but um, I think I guess the wider sort of bigger picture and greater good in terms of what you're doing with um, her game too. So it'd be nice to get your views on that and what the initiative or project is aiming towards. I don't know whether what you would kind of call it, but. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. So, as always, if you don't mind um, subscribing to the channel, if you do like what we're doing here, to keep up to date with what we're doing, and leave a like on the video as well to show support for us, and also Amy with her work with uh, her game too. So let's just get straight into it. Yeah. Um, just for anyone that's unaware, obviously mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of research into what's going on there before talking to you. Not probably as much as what I needed to do or found out what I need, but that's why you're here. So you're going to educate us on what's going on. But if you could just tell everyone, because some people might not have heard of it, what is Her Game 2 and like where did it begin? Um, why was it sort of um, introduced or or started in the first place? And how, how did you get involved? I know it's quite a few questions in one, that's but right. I feel no, like it all fits in together. Uh, yeah, so uh, we founded the campaign last May. Um, and to be honest... The campaign started out of frustration, really. So as you know, you know, me being on the panel in the past, like um, I started to receive quite a lot of um, kind of sexist comments or comments that, you know, were quite hurtful, quite abusive, just sort of things suggesting that I don't know what I'm talking about because of my gender, you know, like tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, sure. But um, if you make it about my gender, then I'm going to have a problem with it. Yeah, Um, yeah you know there's there's definitely a line and the line was getting crossed kind of over and over and over again particularly on TikTok like in lockdown obviously no one had anything to do I started doing a lot more football stuff on social media that sort of thing the comments kind of flooded in and then I used to kind of share those comments to kind of show people what people like myself are kind of going through and my lovely friend Kaz um reached out to me and said she's actually a Bristol Rovers fan and said she had had some a really horrendous experience early in the year and she was kind of she kind of been looking for support and like looking for somewhere to go to kind of but there 
to talk about, but there is no, there was no campaign. There was no sort of anti-sexism initiative within football um, at that time. And she was like, I really just want to start something. I want to like make people aware of what's going on. So I was like, sign me up, you know, because at this point I was like, I don't even want to post anymore. I was like, I don't yeah, even want yeah. to start my opinion anymore. And it's like football, you know, alongside sort of music and my job is like what I love in life, you know? And it was sad that I felt like I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and we kind of came together and she had this idea for this video and we kind of, there was 12 of us at the time and we put this video together. We posted it on FA Cup final day and we got, oh, I don't know, it was like over a million views within 24 hours. It went completely viral. And then from there, like, honestly, I've not had a day off since. <laughs> like, it's been, it's been crazy. We've sort of, the campaign has grown from sort of like, you know, a few you know, female fans experiencing sexism online to kind of like trying to look at, you know, sexism, gender in football across the board, like right up from big Premier League teams down to grassroots to primary school age to, you know, to meet to social media, to media, to journalists, um, to physios and coaches and managers, like looking at all the barriers and all the problems that occur at every level of the sport, really. And even since then, we've actually delved into cricket as well. Um, after ha hearing some reports and people coming forward and saying, we need something like this in cricket. So we're st kind of starting to branch out. So this has literally gone from this tiny thing, this tiny little idea to this sort of massive thing where, you know, we're having meetings with Premier League football clubs. Um, and I can't believe how quickly it's grown, really. Um, but it's going really well. And obviously with the success of the Lionesses this year, it's just getting bigger and bigger now. You know, people are opening up their eyes to, you know, women's football. And I know that's not where we started the campaign or not why we started the campaign. It's become part of the campaign, you know, yeah. across football generally. Um, like you say, whether that's players, staff members or fan or the fan experience, it's kind of hoping to change that for the better. Um and, you know, if you pair that with the success of the Euros this year, um, it's kind of, you can see the growth, you can see the acceptance of women in the sport and things like that kind of happening, um, which is amazing to see from the campaign's perspective. Yeah. Um, am I right in saying they just reached the final? Yeah, the... Sunday, Sunday they're in the final, so um, against Germany, which is, yeah. I mean, the campaign, it's like the, the socials on our campaign have just completely blown up because people are tweeting about the lionesses they're tweeting about the euros and with that they're tweeting about her game too which is amazing i've never seen so much coverage for the um the women's football uh, well, england specifically i don't i don't know how well Wales do but i don't really seem to see so much if there is if they are doing well or not but well, I england to, I watched the wales yeah. game i watched the wales game um I want to say maybe like that third lockdown. I can't remember when it was, but it was the first time I was able yeah. to watch Wales women on TV, which is crazy. I think it may have been on S4C or or something like that. I can't really remember what channel it was on, but that was the first time, you know, I'm 28. Oh, well, yeah. I'm turning 28 next month. Like, it's the first time I've been able to actually watch women play the sport that I enjoy. And, you know, I played as a teenager. I didn't have those... The influences I had were men, so it's going to be it's going to change the whole landscape, really, of... Yeah. Who gets involved? It's only a positive for um yeah. well, well the kids in school now. I heard um oh, I forget his name. Arsenal Arsenal legend. He was speaking yeah, that's yeah. it. He was saying like uh he hopes that the success of the England football team this time will sort of like change the impact of how maybe PE sessions in school are run where yeah historically and like when i was in school you'd get like the boys who would go and play football with the 
a guy teacher and yeah. <laughs> the girls would go and play, I don't know, netball, netball. for example. Yeah. And that's kind of like what it was and no one really questioned it back then. But then when you think about it, like, well, how do you know some of the girls don't want to play football? Yeah, or exactly. even some of the boys don't want to play netball for, right. that, for that matter. Like, yeah. it's, um, you yeah. know, it's not a play where you want to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good that you've branched out into all these areas. I feel like maybe the, what started off as a small idea, as you said, is the core principle is sexism in sport. Yeah, and you exactly. started somewhere and then you, you're expanding into other areas. And I'm, I'd imagine you can get into a lot more uh, yeah, spaces as you continue to grow as well. Yeah, there's lots of other sort of. Um, well, one thing we have look, we are sort of looking at is um, we partnered with like a pub group, for example. That's like one thing that's like another sort of level to that is you know like a lot of women don't feel very comfortable going to watch like games in pubs and bars and things like that. So you know you go okay, well how can we show that there's you know there's a support for them if something does it does happen or is said because it is quite a those areas are quite hotbeds for sexist comments and sort of like you know why you even hear sort of women feeling like they don't belong there so yeah we're working on things like that as well which is really cool i was just trying to look now because that um reminded me of something i saw the swans posted yesterday i don't think it's the swans initiative it looks like um you might know about it actually but it looks like just just that sort of behavior and, and like not necessarily just sexism but bad behavior and making people feel uncomfortable they're trying to stamp it out this season the swans yeah. posted yesterday something about uh, it's called love football protect the game yeah um it looks like it's been pushed by the fa and the premier league and the efl um and they're just sort of setting the stat sta- can't speak setting the standards of what is kind of acceptable and not acceptable behavior at football matches and yeah I think it's, a lot it seems like people are taking it seriously now yeah, for sure. I think that um, that I think some of that stuff's about pyros and smoke bombs and things like that yeah. too. Because I think, like you say, like there is, you want football to be somewhere that people feel comfortable. Like it should be enjoyable and it should be crazy and it should be fun and it should be loud. And it, but it doesn't. It shouldn't make people feel uncomfortable. I think that yeah. there's that, that line of like you don't want people to stop coming. Why would you want people who support your club to not feel comfortable at your at your ground? You know, it's things like that. And I think that Swans do amazing, an amazing job at um, trying to you know educate people and, and make people aware of all the things that they're working on to kind of make it a better place. Um, yeah. you know, I've been lucky enough to have those meetings, you know, to have conversations with them about that sort of stuff. Um, and it's they do a great job. So they're very I was much going to ask you that now. Like, I, I know that obviously you've been part of this for over a year um yeah. and you have spoken to the swans being your team like you're an ambassador of the swans here for who came to so is there anything you can tell us about like anything you've spoken to with the club about or is that yeah. all under wraps no no not at all so um part of the what I'm doing with Swansea. So obviously we are partnered with them, Her Game 2 and Swansea City are partnered. Um, And one of the things that we do is I attend a meeting, um, kind of, it works out about once every month or two months, which is like basically an EDI for like working group meeting. So I meet with Kath at the club um, and we talk to, it's me and it's also the Swans Disabled Supporters Association. Um, Kath Dyer, you've probably seen her on Twitter. She's brilliant. Um, Jacks Against Racism and and also Proud Swans, like Karis from Proud Swans and things like that. So all those groups of 
of of those people that are kind of trying to tackle um, discrimination and um, and also kind of making it more accessible for every type of person. You know, we have those meetings, and Kath kind of talks us through the you know the calendar and what's coming up and what we're doing and how we can support. And then we sort of say, well, can we do this or can we do this together? Can we get involved in that? Um, and that's really cool. You know, so we have that like working group of those supports groups to kind of like come together and make and do the right thing for all the Swansea fans out there really um which is really really cool um and yeah of course that like, they have things in the calendar where they'll be like oh Amy would love to get your involvement in this with her game too or th- and things like that so it's um yeah it's really cool and there's obviously loads of things I'd love to do like one of my dream things would be to do like a double header weekend um with the Swans ladies because they've not played at um the SwanCon before you know it's like and I would love obviously they're a separate entity at the moment um they're yeah. not like some clubs they're joined and they're under the same umbrella and all that sort of stuff but I said I went to a, an event at, at the stadium for Ind- um International Women's Day in March and one thing I said was that I'd love for it like the men to play in like at the three o'clock kickoff and then afterwards the the girls to play on the pitch and then people can just stay and watch them and enjoy that because you know why not get behind them as well there they wear the badge they wear the shirt you know it would be awesome to have a bit more involvement of them and I know that they are separate so there's things that come into that but I would love that sort of thing it would just inspire so many young girls in the area I think to to want to play it on that pitch as well you know things like that. It'd be great if it's before, because then the people could try to make it an all day. But I'd imagine there's rules with the league of yeah, like, I'm sure, yeah, the not pitch using the pitch before, but afterwards maybe would work. Hopefully, yeah, you know, and just something like that. I think that would be really, really cool to do. So it's a good, good idea. I don't see why they can't make it happen. I feel like, like I said, the rules would be the only reason. Like in rugby, I've gone to Judgment Day a couple of times where yes. there's two games. They play the two derby matches in the in Millennium Stadium back to back. So it's not like you can't have two sporting matches back to back. Like Same day. yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just if somebody with authority like it's been difficult or not. There's the only reason I can see the stop in it. Um yeah. but I don't really understand. Why are they separate identities? I don't really get why they don't just I think come that, in the house. Yeah, I think that the from what I understood from that event is the long term goal would be that they come under the umbrella of Swansea City. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, that's a whole thing way out of my understanding of like what needs to happen for that to happen. Like it just happened with Norwich City. They've just kind of taken the women's team and, you know, pulled them in, which is really, really cool because it means that they have, you know, better access to facilities and and things like that, which um, is one of the massive things in women's football, like not having the kind of access to the facilities or, or you know, most of the girls, they all work full time, you know, it's yeah. not their job. Um, yet they still play to a you know a decent standard and that that's some of the big clubs even like that's still the case there so um, there's obviously a lot of work to be done with that but it it would be really nice one day for Swansea City to entail you know the academy the men's team the ladies team um, you know the under 21s 23s and then the like community trust as well that's you know what we've partnered with with like Aston Villa for example we've partnered with their whole umbrella of things yeah so everything we do kind of filters into every angle of the club which is really cool so um and i guess that's kind of the future isn't it that ideally yeah. i guess that all the clubs are linked and when you talk about a club you're talking about the men and the women i suppose yeah that, that would make sense um because yeah. like yeah. i see you know when they, they launch the kit they often include the the ladies yeah. team in the kit launch and they use yeah. the same kit they use the same badge so it's just weird to think but actually they're not the same thing yeah. right doesn't make sense to me but 
sure. I guess hopefully in a couple of years' time, it will be normal. Yeah, and they do really well. The the ladies, they're really successful. You know, they 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 win a lot of games, and it's like if people could get behind them a bit, you know, it would be it would be awesome. I think I'm going to try my best to kind of share a bit more this year about what they're up to as well, because it doesn't come through the main channels really. Um, so yeah. yeah, I have to keep an eye on them. Do you ever get to go and watch them? Or? I'm I'm hoping to actually. Um, I'm trying to like obviously my you know what my job is like my tour yeah, schedule. Yeah. Um, I'm really planning on like um, on my day off next week, like looking at all the fixtures for all the football teams and seeing what I can actually make and what I can't make this year because you know it's um, always a problem. Are you going to come down for Blackburn next Saturday or is that pushing it too I much? Think, um, I think I'm probably is that wait Blackburn. Is that the first home game? I think it's yeah. the, the one afterwards. Um, what day is it? I think I'm going to come on the 20th, hopefully. Of August, is it? I fly, yeah, I fly back from Ibiza that day. So hopefully I'll come straight there and nice. enjoy, enjoy some football. <laughs> so um, that's good then. So obviously, small idea turned into a big sort of project now, a big... Um, yes, yeah, it's like doing well. Job, you know, so you've worked with like your club, and there's a lot of other people like you doing the same thing with their clubs, yeah. So, what's kind of next then? What's the future? Where, what's the direction you go in? Is there like different goals you're trying to reach? Like, mm -hmm. where are you trying to go? Yeah, way? so obviously, we have there's five of us on the like league team, and we sort of like deal with kind of the general goings on of the campaign, you know, take the calls and set partnerships and deal with all all the stuff you know the emails like if as you can imagine I just it's just chocker all the time like it's yeah. there's people wanting to chat and you know random tv things come through radio requests interviews you know stuff all the time and then so for as many clubs as we can we have an ambassador and that ambassador is someone who um you know is a season ticket holder who goes to the games that understands what it's like to be a fan of that club um and we sort of deal with them with the club as well so say we have a meeting like for example I had a meeting with a championship club this week I attended the meeting that ambassador attended the meeting with me and we sort of talked to that club about partnering up and what that might look like and what we could do together and that sort of thing um, and then, um, I mean, the goals, you know, to be partnered with all the clubs, really. We've almost got all of League Two. We're waiting on uh, Gary Neville at the moment for Salford City. Um, and Has it been difficult? Yeah, we haven't had a response from them, I don't think, actually. I think I've said this on a podcast before, so, you know. Um, but, you know, Lee, you know, Lee, all the kind of top four tiers of football, we'd love to partner with all the clubs. Obviously, um, the Premier League clubs are a different breed. Like, it's a different game with them it's very corporate and the word partnership doesn't always flow because of financial reasons and you know corporate things um yeah it's not so simple but there are sort of ways around it which we're sort of learning and yeah wait till they get relegated partner up and then yeah basically <laughs> yeah exactly that um so and yeah and of course like there are other things that we're looking at now so a lot of people come to us and say do you offer any training you know like in-house trait like anti-sexism anti-misogyny training just sort of educating about what it is like what is sexism like what is crossing the line like what is acceptable what isn't um and so we're kind of looking at the long-term goal would really be able to we'd have like modules and courses that people could you know we could send to schools primary schools because this is where the problems start you know you have kids of nine years old saying yeah. oh like a girl like okay cool what does that mean like you know it's kind of um about starting that young and then also like 
within the workplace, anti-sexism within, you know, clubs. There's lots of female staff members, um, you know, and we have reports come through and, you know, kind of work on the education side of things as well. That's something we'd really be keen to do. But of course, like the dream would be to kind of partner with, I suppose, a, a body of sorts, whether that be the EFL, FA, you know, the Premier League, that sort of thing would be the dream and kind of make it a part of how football clubs are run and the way kick it out is there you know like it's embedded in the thoughts of like planning programs um education yeah. within the club like we'd love that to be we'd love to be like that you know that's sort of our our goals i suppose i tell you what a good partnership would be i don't know if you've had anything with this but obviously the thing every year soccer aid yeah right well, like like but yeah. the way you're speaking now about your goals and what you're trying to do in the education like obviously yeah. they're probably trying to do something similar but in a different way sure. um why can't they do they're just fun charity matches why can't they yeah, mix them up with the gender a bit and involve another aspect of their goal yeah, which course. can be in line with yours it might be a one for the future maybe if yeah, you can uh, get in contact with them Sure, plenty of work to be done. But yeah, sure. with the education, like I think that is definitely super important. Um, I'm sure if you know if I've said on the podcast before, but I have I have got a teaching background myself. Um, I'm not currently doing it, but trained to do it. So I'd imagine like something that you could do that would be beneficial is like getting into like assemblies and stuff like that in school. Absolutely. Um, yes. Getting someone up there because it's all well and good sending modules in. I think it's it's a lot more powerful when you're there that. delivering it and Absolutely. explaining that taking the questions because you'll never prepare for the questions that the kids will have especially if you get them <laughs> at a younger age yeah and, yeah and they will always throw a curveball in there that you haven't planned for and yeah, then that's good sure. for you to learn for the future and how to like maybe there's things you haven't thought about and they've asked that question you're like oh yeah okay that's a good way to think about it how yeah. i can how we can maybe tackle the problem at a lower level because you you understand it a little bit more from their perspective but yeah. yeah, that's definitely good. Um, one more thing on her game too. Then I just wanted to revisit something you said earlier about yeah. your experiences, especially during lockdown, with um, with the hate, with like, with the sexism and the the nasty comments online. Yeah. Maybe I'm being naive, but I feel like maybe lockdown was part of the problem. Now people are yeah. back to their normal lives a little bit. I think I see it less. I think, but maybe yeah, I just don't um, see it. So I was going to yeah, ask cool. your perspective. Of course, um, it definitely was a particularly bad time. And like a lot of the girls involved in the campaign will say the same. I think that lockdown was really difficult for people. Um, and it, obviously, the way that they would go and, you know, let it all out the weekend going to watch their team play, it was sort of all pent up and, and used kind of online. And I think that over that time that it's definitely better 100% last season was not so bad I also did a bit less so I, I like put myself out there a bit less um yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course with the campaign coming through I think that there it, it became more the, the the comments were more positive that there were more positive comments than there were negative I think it kind of switched for a long time it was just too much negativity and then it kind of when the campaign started and I started actually you know what I do believe in this and some people didn't like it you know lots of Swansea fans didn't like it like when we partnered I saw so many comments like you know oh god this is the end of Swansea City Football Club and I was like for god's sake these these kids like it's um but I think it's definitely better um you know and I'd like to think that maybe I've learned as well you know not to retaliate um to kind of if something comes through just be like well okay cool because it used to be so hard to not retaliate but I've sort of learned 
that actually yeah, yeah. all you're doing is feeding into it. And there's an occasional time where I will pipe up about something, but I try, and I've also blocked a lot of accounts. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot it just of things. Just has to, I think, though. Like, like, it's just yeah. going to keep getting to your, it's, it's easy to say, you just got to ignore it and brush it off, but the block button's there for a reason. So Absolutely. if and they're just giving you grief after grief, just, just get rid of them. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to say that we have it on nowhere near the same level as what you had, but it is definitely a learning lesson when you're online in any sort of presence to what you like reply to and what you don't. And exactly, yeah. Like, exactly. I guess for us, like, it's like, do we have to reply to everything that's disagreeing yeah. with us and justify our argument, or yeah. no, do we just put our opinion out there as like a podcast about Swansea and people want to discuss and disagree? That's fine, but we don't have to like argue and justify everything and look a little yeah. bit perhaps more professional. But exactly, that's, that's just for us. But yeah, yours is going to be yeah. a lot bigger. Yeah. they're definitely not as bad though they're definitely not as bad well i'm glad to hear that because it definitely was times where you'd see stuff on swan's twitter during that period and it wasn't all nice was to so see bad. yeah it was it was not it was not nice and has it affected me like going to games like yeah a little bit like i don't know who's behind those accounts you know i don't know who i'm gonna be sat next to if yeah. i go to the away game like of course it's um but i'd like to think that in real life these people actually would probably be nicer than they are online and I think people just get carried away sometimes um and I think that that's part of the thing we look at when we're talking about education like when we go when we you know the day that we go into schools and we start delivering this like those like on being online being anonymous it's like it's not it's not a great way to to express your opinion like if you want to have a conversation with someone you don't agree have the conversation but yeah you don't have to turn to kind of anonymous abuse it's kind of it's, it's kind of sad that like teenagers even feel like they have to do that um I feel kind of strongly about that that why are they doing that anyways you know what is it is, are they struggling yeah. like they, do they have problems like that I'm like oh god like <laughs> it goes a bit deeper then doesn't it because um there's no real reason to be like that but it is what it is they just think it's funny and get a kick out of it look cool in front of yeah, their friends it's all an act isn't it but like yeah. quite often why do you need to think you always have to look cool yeah. or why are you exactly. always trying to impress people, it's I guess. It's just, yeah. like you say, and one of them does it, and then they all feel like they have to, I feel. It's like the school bully, though, isn't it? And yeah. quite often they're the ones that actually have a tough time in the background. But there we yeah. go. Hopefully it, it can continue to go in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. um, I think the more bigger platform you can get, the better. You've got, um, I think I saw, was Alex Scott was talking about her game too quite a bit with some quotes, so it's quite a big, yeah, big voice. Not we, we haven't actually had a direct conversation with her yet, but obviously she is like doing her thing and we are doing our thing and they're very much aligning. And obviously the dream would be to have her like kind of talk about us or have her do an interview with us. You know, it yeah. would be it would be an amazing sort of thing. And I know she's aware of us. I've seen her like like things that we've retweet, like we know. Um, you know, and but it's be it'll be really great to at some point kind of meet with her and actually yeah. talk about stuff because she's just doing so many great things. Again, in terms of like sports media and, and things as well, you know, she's that sort of like champion for that. You yes. know, Lord Woods as well, you know, they're sort of like flying the flag and people are like, oh women actually aren't bad at this. It's like obviously like when yeah. you've got people like that, role models like that, it's easy to fight your corner, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you know much about Formula One. Mm, yes, I but, do. Um, I think Naomi Schiff as well has sure. just gone on the Sky team and sure. she was getting quite a bit of grief earlier this season. But the, yeah, um, just because, like, I don't really understand why people are like, oh, she 
she only raced like once or twice in W Series or whatever. Like, what her opinions were worthless. But it's like, well, hang on. What about um, all these other pundits on Sky that never raced a car? You never question them yeah. just because. Yeah, it's any excuse to kind of devalue what she may be able to offer, I feel. It's yeah. always like, well, they didn't do that. They didn't do this. And it's like, look at some of the commentators in the men's football game. Useless. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, regardless, she's she's stepped, she's raced more races than most of the commentary team, and right, and most of the people commenting. So, like, why I don't understand where you're even getting that um that idea cool. from. And it was nice to see like Lewis Hamilton coming out and I know. a couple of others to, to back her up. And I think that mm-hmm. people criticize him quite a lot for the amount he talks about political issues, but you know, I think like I think he flies the flag for a sports person in terms of dealing so with too. problems. I think um, he's um, brilliant this season with all the stuff he's gone through. I think that actually his 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 voice is really powerful and that yeah. people listen. I think it's it's good that he does that. Yeah, and people can dislike him as a person or whatever they want to do yeah. and say stick to racing. But ultimately, when you look back in like 20 years' time, I think the difference he made verbally be yeah. a lot bigger than the difference he made with his titles. I, so. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, having more people like that, and I think the, the the girls you spoke about in football as well are quite similar in in their regards. Like, I think is Alex Scott now doing a lot of punditry work on on BBC, but yeah. beforehand, like a year or two ago, it's kind of unheard of to have have like female pundits there. So yeah, for sure, shows the difference is being made, especially a, a black female woman as well. You know, that's yeah. a whole other thing. You know, um, to have someone like that as a role model is brilliant for like girls across the UK. It's amazing to see that someone can can go and do that, you know, after having a great career as well as a footballer, like people forget, like she's a really good footballer yeah, as well, yeah. um, you know, but we didn't know about it then, did we? Because it wasn't so much, you know, accessible then. Um, but, you know, if you look back on some of the stuff she did, she's been so successful. She has every right to be, to be where she is now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to see it, and it does. It just mixes up the opinions because sometimes, when you get, you just get like a Michael Owens there because of his name. But does he actually yeah. talk any sense? Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. Some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is a bit like, <laughs> "Well done, mate. Thanks for that insight." Yeah. But um, well, yeah, it's yeah, to it's see. Like exactly what we've just seen on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh well, you know, they scored the goal, so they won the game. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's been a good conversation. Is there anything else you want to um, say about her game too before perhaps we move on to talk no, about Swans just a little that, bit? You know, if, if, any, you know, if there are any girls watching or whatever and they want to get involved, you know, drop me a message um, and check out the website as well. We've got all of our information like on our deck and our strategy and all that sort of stuff on our website. It's literally just www.hergame2.co.uk. So, yeah, Send me a message and check it out. Yeah, go go for. Have you got a Twitter account? Yeah, you, you have a new. Oh, yes, yeah, all of our socials are literally just at her game too. So yeah, check them out. Our Twitter's growing. I'm sure really. you'll find find it quite easy. Yeah. Quite big now. Um, okay, yeah. great. So as you said at the start, we haven't spoken to you probably since maybe the round of playoffs under Steve Cooper. Mm-hmm. I think I want to yeah. say around yeah. that time. Not sure exactly when. I know we had a couple of episodes with Jordan as well, where we yeah. where we were. Hyping up going to the Premier League. Yeah. Ultimately no. got disappointed. Um, yeah. But there we are. We're we're two seasons down the line now. And That's Russell crazy. Martin came in obviously really late last year. So first of all, before we talk about this season, I just want to get your like uh views and your thoughts. How do you think last season went? 
and um, how do you sort of rate Russell Martin so far? Yeah, sure. Um, I really enjoyed last season. So um, I kind of had no expectations at all. When Steve Cooper left, I was like, well, we're going to have to start from the beginning sort of thing. So I think that that probably helped a little bit. Um, I think that the minute that he, he came in, like within a couple of games, I could see what he was trying to do, which I think is really important, particularly as a championship club with no parachute payments. I think that having an identity is like the only way really yeah. to succeed. And I think that um, all the things he says are correct in that, like he didn't have the time with the, you know, preseason. He didn't have the players really. The fitness wasn't quite right considering the type of football he wanted to play. You know, that sort of thing. They were all correct. Um, but you could see it get, getting better. Like every game I saw things where I was like, oh, that was good. Like that was brilliant. It got better and better. And then obviously by the end of the season, I was like, yeah, I could get used to this. Like I don't want him to ever leave. <laughs> I'm very much a Russell Martin fat. And I think that. Um, I was pleased with where we finished. I think that we kind of earned a kind of good reputation for the football that we played. And like, yeah, we, we were leaky as hell in the back. Um, but generally, I think some of the football we played was brilliant. And it was exciting. And it was it made me feel good to watch it. And really, that's, you know, a lot of what this is all about. Of course, I want to win. And of course, I want to go up. But if you can enjoy it, you know, and finish mid-table, I mean, I'm quite happy with that. So um, I thought the football was great. It's quite funny because, like, when Cooper was didn't get us to the Premier League and everyone was kicking off about him, yeah, everyone wanted him to go because he was too defensive, too boring. Yeah, like I would say, seventy five percent of the stuff you read on from Swans fans boring, was Cooper boring. out, yeah, too boring. Let's just get somebody that plays good football, the Swansea oh. way, and I don't care if we don't get to the playoffs. Yeah. I just want to play good football. Yeah. and then Which... last season when we had periods of struggling, it's like. Oh my God, Russell Martin out. We keep we keep leaking goals at the back. At least Steve yeah. Cooper stopped us leaking goals at the back. Oh look at Steve Cooper doing well in Nottingham Forest. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we. It's like well, you kind of it both ways. You asked for what we've got. Like everyone asked for what we got, and the club listened to an extent. They did. I never necessarily wanted Cooper to go. Yeah, yeah they did exactly. Yeah, I didn't want him to go. I understood why he would go and why people wanted him to go. I understood that, but. I respected what he did, even if it wasn't necessarily the prettiest. Yeah. I wasn't too bothered by it. So, you know, if you're going to win games and be successful, Been ultimately, great. third time he's done it, you know, maybe he had a bit more resources at his disposal at Forest, but sure, for sure. you'd imagine he would have had another crack here. But um, he obviously got fed up for the financial reasons as well, partly, I think, with the lack of a striker and all the rest of it. Yeah. But yeah, like Russell Martin comes in, you've got to give him time to get that uh, transition. And yeah. yeah, he was leaky last season. It took him a while, but like you said, and yeah. he quoted several times, no preseason. Um, the players just weren't correct for his system, especially at the back. This is true. Um, <laughs> got to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially the first year. And I always went on record and said that every time something was bad, we were in a rough patch. People's heads were dropping, and I'd be like, "Okay, fair enough. Yeah, these things are bad, and it's good to call them out." But let's put into context. You know, he's asking for time. He's saying yeah. give him preseason, and he's he's literally yeah. gone on record and said. When I have preseason next year, we'll be a different team. Yeah. So, judging him this season for me, it's like, okay, fair enough. You said this now. Let's see where we are at Christmas. If the problems are still persisting from last year, then maybe I'll be a bit more critical. But Absolutely. I'm not expecting that. I think it will be improvement. He's got some players in now at the back. Um, so, yeah. I think we'll start to see a little bit of improvement. 
absolutely. I think that you're right. People are very quick to make a decision and actually these things can't just happen. Like you can't just gain the fitness you need in a couple of weeks. You can't just fix the problem straight away. And we need to, we have as a fan base, like, and, and a club, you have to give these things time benefit of the doubt. Like you say, it's going to take time. And like you say, maybe even when we start the season, it's still not going to be quite right, but that's, we can't just come out and be the best team in the world straight away. Like these things do take time. I know it's frustrating because it's like, you can see the potential with it is why I think when yeah. you we have a good game, you think, God, if we played like that every week, we'd be at the top of the table, which is true. <laughs> you know, like some of the games where we dominated and played brilliantly, that we would like against Cardiff that. twice. Right. If we played like that every week, yeah, of course we would have been at the top of the table. It's kind of, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. You know, yeah. it's about that consistency and over time that consistency was coming. So now with the, you know, slightly improved personnel in that in some of those areas you know you could say that you know the addition of like a harry darling in the back we, we needed that sort of big ball playing center back to work with norton like because we didn't have many options i know people love cabango but i do think he was very much more suited to a steve cooper style of play than a russell yeah. martin style of play not to disrespect him because he has grown and done and he has like become a much better footballer um but you know these things take time and um it is Twitter's funny, isn't it? Sometimes, like yeah, it is. Like <laughs> but, I just oh God, can we just be positive, please, before we even start the season? That'd be oh, great. It's just crazy because <laughs> you go through like you win three games in a row and everyone's like bouncing, and then you oh, lose no. one game yeah. three nil, and everyone's like, ah, oh, yeah, no, it's, this is the main problem. Let's get him out. It's like yeah, he's. I think he's a good. What team in the championship wins every game for a start? You know, not everyone's Norwich. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think considering, I like I feel like with the transfers as well it's all of them are making sense really obviously there's the odd one like that is like why has that happened but he, he knows what he wants he's getting what he wants I think yeah unless we're missing a lot of you know information um I think that you know it, it may not be this season as well it may this may be a longer term thing but I think he is I have a good feeling that he's the right guy yeah I really do. If, if we're going to go up, I'd love it to be with him because I think that this is how we want to play football. He's allowing us to play that type of football and how brilliant to do it with him. You know, because you get nervous, don't you? You're like, oh my God, what if it doesn't work out? And then he leaves and then we have to start again. Yeah, but yeah. Just give it time. I'd rather like, continue on this path and try and reset again. And There's a couple time. of signs that say to me, like um, we're going in the right direction and our players are on board as well. Yeah, so if exactly. you remember back to last season, the whole Mac Rhymes thing, the yeah. fact that he managed to like convince him to stay and sign a new contract, I don't think people talk about that enough. No, it's that was a massive deal. Like I was really excited by that. I think that that sort of thing shows exactly why you know like players would want to play. If if your captain is saying I I don't want to play against this, I want to be a part of it, then it's the, surely you, people must know it's the right thing for the club. Well, he was basically out the door, wasn't he? Like, everyone was adamant that we made the wrong decision not selling him in the summer because he was going to go on a free. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a lot of arguments on Twitter about this, saying, like, <laughs> we should have just taken the two million for him because it's better than nothing. And I was like, yeah. you're insane. I was like, it's I'd much. rather him go for free than, than sell him for two million. And then he signs a new contract. And he was like, oh, you're, you would literally would have let him go. You're captain. Yeah. Someone is probably worth... 10 million if a Premier League club comes in from this he season. Is. Well, how much does Flynn Downs go for? Yeah, exactly. What is Matt so, Grimes worth then? Yeah, Grimes has got far more experience than Downs. He's played in the Premier League and 
and he's captain, he yeah. goes for more than 12 million if Downs goes for 12 million. Absolutely. So, yeah, you would have let him go for two last summer just because yeah. you were worried that he's going to go on a free. I'd rather lose two million yeah, with I the would. potential now he signed a new contract. And if somebody wants him, then he's 15 million minimum. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like it's just exactly. no, insane, insane people out there. I don't understand sometimes, but there we yeah. go. Um, so, going into this season, then, mm. what are your expectations? Where do we finish last time? Was it like 15th or something? Or something yeah, lower? It, it was looking like it was going to be 14th. I think it was 15th, wasn't it, on the last day? Um, higher than that, higher than that, definitely. I think with the squad that we have, the, you know, the identity that we're building, I, I am confident that we're going to have a good season. I don't think it's going to, you know, obviously in the back of your mind, there's like, what if it all goes wrong and we end up in the relegation zone? But I don't think that's going to happen with the quality of the player that we have comparatively to other teams. Um, but I think the top kind of 10 of the table is is quite strong. You know, I'm looking at clubs like, you know, Middlesbrough, like even a Luton, um, Sheffield United, West Brom, Burnley, Watford, Norwich. Like I, I don't. I'm not sure where we fit in there. I definitely think it will be a top ten finish. I'd like to think <laughs> it would be a top ten finish. I think that it might be that this season it's it's a seventh or an eighth. Um, that's where I. You watched our video that we did the other day of you. <laughs> Why did we say the same? Well, we did a tier list for the um, okay, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. table, and we had Swans in. 7th to 12th because it's like in different tiers so yeah. we had them in the section just below the playoffs like top half yeah and then we were like going through the rest of the clubs and it was like okay this is too easy we put basically all the clubs that got relegated in the top six uh yeah in the top six and the ones from last season so like Sheffield yeah, and yeah. West Brom and we were like ah oh, they're not all going to finish in the top six it never happens so we were like right we're dropping one out we're dropping one out who are we going to bump up from the one below, and we were like, yeah. oh, let's just let's do this once. Because I know you're saying you think the top half's quite strong. Yeah. I think the top, I think the league is weaker than last year. Do you think? I think you've got Norwich, um, they're gonna be quite strong. Yeah. Well Burnley have lost quite a lot of players. Um Watford as well. Yeah. Have lost quite a lot of players. Nobody's really spent any money. No, like, you're right. Nobody no, you're has right. spent money. Yeah. Um, Sunderland, I think, spent ten million on one player, and that's the the most. Yeah. Fulham last year spent so much money. Huh? Like it was obvious they were going to go up. I think. Yeah. I think what you're saying is right in that. Like it's not so obvious that Bournemouth and Fulham, like it was last season, I was like it's obviously going to be them. This year it is a bit more like, oh well, it could be Sheffield United or it could be Norwich, it could be Burnley. Like I guess it's a bit more open in that sense. I always say the parachute teams are going to have the advantage, but it's not like they're going out there getting these. Um, these players like Stoke signing Dwight Gale is one of the notable signings, I think. Um, and there's yeah. a couple in there, but most of the transfers are like free transfers between clubs in the league already. So there's just yeah. players already in the league moving around in the league for free. Yeah. Um, and I think we've recruited okay, like in comparison to a lot of these teams. Maybe our recruitment suits us in a way that could benefit us to move up a couple of positions. So, uh, yeah, I know um, what you mean. Yeah, that style of play it might come in handy there because actually, like, there's some teams like Fulham, they just sort of bought all the players and were great because they had good players. 
you know, that's not happening this season. Whereas we've already got no. a year under with that, you know, under Russell Martin with that sort of ethos and everything, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's every possibility we could win the league, Luke, you know. Well, I wasn't going to stretch that far, but you for your uh, you put that on record now you're gonna get you're gonna get battered <laughs> this is the championship we, every time i go on like a you know pre-season sort of thing i'm just like you literally have no idea what's gonna no. happen like no, no idea. idea you know i i think okay we put them we put them top six in a video but obviously it's just a bit of fun the predictions video realistically yeah. i just think maybe we'll be knocking on the door uh maybe it's I like seventh eighth ninth but yeah, I think so you too. could finish ninth or tenth and only be like a win or two away from being yeah, in there. Absolutely. If you look at like yeah. not necessarily last year, but the one before, and they were quite tight. Yeah, going into the last day of the season, where like a couple of clubs could have got in. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think yeah, anything can happen. But I think you're right. I think we're very much up there in in terms of like people are expecting us to do well. I, I've watched a lot of um, videos like the last few days on YouTube, like people predicting, and most people have us around sort of like 8th, ninth, 10th. Um, yeah, the bookies have got us a 7th at the moment. Okay, cool, yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't know how much they can predict correct, but I feel like they're never that far away. They, they somehow know, don't they? <laughs> yeah. They somehow know. That would be nice. A seventh, I mean, I'm sure it will probably be frustrating because we were that close to playoffs. But if you do that... And That's if you progression. On, yes, progression. Yeah. If you hold on to Russell Martin and only change over a couple of players, you go again and then you push for automatics, really, then, don't you? I think that's yeah. the idea. Um, I think people are expecting it to just happen this season. and It might not. It might not. It might be the one after. And I hope that people can be patient with it. Um, yeah, I think I think Joe Pro is key though. Like I say in a playoff push or knocking on the door. I, yeah. I'm basing that on the current squads. So Perot's currently still here. If he yeah. goes on deadline day, maybe I'll change my opinion. Yeah, I think I mean if he does and then no one else comes in, I think we're we're looking at a sixteenth, fifteenth. It's mad. One is it one just player? A bit light. Is it that one player? Yeah, exactly. We're it's not even general. that, it's just like if you don't replace him. You've just got over Fermi. If he gets injured, what are you just going to run with Liam Cullen? So that uh, makes a massive yeah. difference because I'm not saying he's an awful player, but can he get you 20 goals in the season? Because Perot got 20 some in last year. He's got exactly. six in pre season, so it looks like he's continuing he's his form. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean, selling Flynn Downs is obviously like, you know, people are gutted to see him go, but if that has meant that we've been able to keep hold of everybody else, that we've wanted to, then that is one of the best bits of business we've done in a long time. Yeah, and I don't think Flynn Downs is... I know people... I know he had a good season. I know people really rated him. Yeah. I don't think what he did on the pitch was irreplaceable. No, I agree. I, I, I have also said this before. I think that Pirro is, a, is kind of a one-in-a-million sort of player and Flynn Downs is, you know, a bit like Matt Grimes, really. You know, like, yeah. they're similar. They have I also also think that Downs let us down quite a few times, but people don't like to talk about it because he had a good season overall. However, when the likes of some of the mistakes that Downs made, when a player like Jay Felton, who haven't played at all, comes on and makes that oh, mistake, gets absolutely battered on social media. He does, he does. But when Downs is making these mistakes, just because he had a good season overall, he was getting a pass. And yeah. I think Downs had a good season. But I'm just saying he did also make mistakes. And there were some games yeah, where agree. Agree. the main thing I noticed from him We'll say he's like covering the defence, he's running back. We quite often conceded goals on transition, yeah? We lost yeah, the ball, absolutely. quick counter-attack, and that's how we conceded. Yeah. So he's running back defending, and say there's a shot, and the shot gets saved, but not caught. 
so the, yeah. the ball is loose. He just doesn't react. He's so slow to react, and he's just watching the ball. And then the second player's like, he's like, oh, I need to actually try and block this, but it's too late. And yeah. then there's a goal. And he's yeah. done that several times sure. last season, which I picked up yeah, on. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And like you say, I think that he is replaceable. I think yeah. Joel Burrow is not so replaceable at our level. Um I, look, yeah. I, can't, I can't even think of a player who he reminds me of, really. Other than, yeah, everyone talks about Michu, but like, I can't think of a player you know, in the limelight at the moment that I'm like, old Piro's like that. I, he is a bit of a, you know, we're very lucky to have him, I feel. And I, I really hope we can hold on to him because even for yeah. half the season at least to get us going, you know, before, I don't know who we would bring in to make that, to fill that gap. I, I mean, I wouldn't have known who Joe Peru was until we brought him in. So maybe they got someone else there on the radar. Maybe there is that. We have to trust the. But he does remind me of Michu in the way he finishes the goals. He's uh, and left footed, and yeah, quite a lot of his goals come from outside the box as well. I know. And after the season we had with Steve Cooper, where like it just felt we didn't have that goal scorer. I remember just thinking like. We just need someone who can score goals. And we now have that in him. And I think that we yeah. I, you know, I love watching him play. I love watching him and Oberfemi play. I also love when Entrum's on the pitch or Pato, one of the two quite creative footballers. Like, I think it's a great, it's a great, um, up, up the top, I don't think we have many issues. Maybe depth. Cameron sure. Congreve might be looking for a breakthrough season. He's looked quite excited in pre-season. Yeah, I've seen some of the uh, the highlights of the preseason. Now I'm thinking, yeah, there's definitely a player in there, and you hope that if he's working, you know, alongside, you know, a Joe Allen, a Matt Grimes, a Pato, you know, experienced players, um, it'll help bring him kind of out and you know, and aspire to to be in that starting eleven because he looks like he's got the talent, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ollie Cooper, I would like to see have a bit. Yeah. I'm not sure what we're going to see of him this season. I think it's one of them where he's around in pre-season, but how much is he actually going to get on the pitch? I'm not sure. I know. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure yet, like, how we're going to line up. Like, I'm not I'm not sure yet. It'll be interesting to see how we line up at the weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for the season to start now. <laughs> so, overall, what are your opinions on the transfers that we've made and who's, like, stood out for you? Well, as I said, I think that the, the Flynn Downs thing, I know it was an out, not an in, um, very much like an important sale for us because it's one, it's boosted our money, our pot to be able to kind of recruit with um, by quite a substantial amount, particularly for the championship, you know. Um, and then, like I've said, holding on to those players, hopefully, um, is really important. But yeah, so obviously everyone was looking at Harry Darling. Like he was obviously a very you know, like well-respected player in League One. And I'm excited to see what he can do again. We talked about Twitter, like he made that one mistake and everyone's like, oh, he's useless. I don't I don't believe he's useless. I think that... The own goal, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ashley Williams did it. Just yeah, I mean, all the good players have done it, right? Um, yeah. But I think he's, again, like looking at like, the defence we had last season, he's the kind of guy you think, oh, if we had someone like him, you know, of his sort of stature and his sort of ability would that fix the problem like you'd like to think so um I'd be interested to see how he how it fits with Norton and I have this image of him being a bit like Kyle Norton but a bit more defendery I'm not really sure um I haven't well Kyle Norton's a win back isn't he so I guess he's gonna have the height yeah. and language of the centre back yeah. and um Kyle Norton's I think moved into that role more from experience than sure. training as a centre back um sure. I mean yeah. his pace is you know, as he's got older, has gone down. Yeah, like exactly. Thirty-three, I think, or thirty-four. Carl Norton is now. 
he's uh, he's getting on a bit. So and ultimately, bringing in someone like Darlin, maybe yeah. he's replacing him, but not like immediately. Cal Norton's not going to play when he yeah. retires or whatever. Like we need someone oh, there because as much did. as it sounds weird to say it, after the last season, all of a sudden our defense can't cope without Cal Norton. I know. We go to the season we got relegated from the Premier League. Everyone hates this guy. Brilliant. I know. I, I think he's one of those players that I think last season actually maybe because of the style of play, people started to like realise again like what a player we have there. And I think that you forget just how brilliant he is. Like he doesn't do much wrong, to be quite honest. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think he just didn't have the support that he needed in that in that back three. He was um, a scapegoated before. Yeah. That he's a good player. I love him. I'm a big Carl Norton fan. <laughs> big Carl Norton fan. Um, I guess I it guess... didn't help when he was up against Rangel before. Well, but... yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, I'm looking at this like um oh Wood, of course, another defender we've we've signed. I think that again, we need we know we knew we needed more than one as well. We know we needed a kind of a bit of a rejig. And I'm are they gonna is he a is this a back three we're looking at here? I think I so. Know. In the preseason, I think it's been those two are known. Yeah, which for me, I'm looking, I'm thinking that's better, like that's stronger. Um, you know, but obviously, we've got Cabango yeah. there as well. He's just been injured, so I'm not sure where, I know, yeah, who, who will start when they all fit. Yeah, but you like to think, I think that with that, you can see the kind of defender that Cabango is. There'll be a specific type of opposition that he may be more useful for, you know, yeah. taller, a bit more physical. Um, that he may be very, very useful in those games. Obviously, Soranola as well. Don't know much about him. When I saw his name pop up, I had to do a Google and be like, oh, who's this guy? Um, He's been but, playing on the left, I think. Yeah, like wing back. Yeah. Um, but I'd be surprised if maybe he doesn't go to the right and Manning starts, but. Right. I'm not because sure. Manning, and Manning's it, pretty solid. Like he's yeah, Latabodia right back just doesn't fill me with confidence still. We haven't addressed that. No, he, he got a lot of praise last season towards the end, didn't he? And I'm still not sold on Latabodia. Maybe he maybe and there's definitely a player in there. He's talented. It's just about where he fits, like you say. Yeah. Do we him right wing he, back? He's, he's had a couple of good games and and even Corey Smith had a good game when oh, he played wing back role, right? But yeah. the problem is when you're up against a good team. Who can identify that as a weakness and they target it because then they can't cope. And it was one or two games where Latabody was playing left back, I think, and he just he had the run around like he just could not get near the winger. When when there's a good winger up against him, like he is not a right, he's not a left back or a right back, and he's just yeah. going to get turned over. So yeah, absolutely, I think you're right. Um, but I think I think overall, like yeah, sure, everyone. <laughs> every time I open Twitter, I see we need a right wing back, which is true. If we're going to be playing in that system, like sure. Um, obviously, Joe Allen goes without saying. Like I'm, I'm just really pleased with that. I think that also to have quite a young squad to have somebody come in who you know a bit of a Matt Grimes character probably will be able to kind of teach and um, and guide like the younger ones through. I think that that midfield is strong. Like I think our midfield is is not a problem. Um, I think it's still just that sort of like the wing. If we're playing with wing backs, like where are we, how are we doing that? Um, you know that sort of stuff. But I, I'm I'm pleased. I'm really pleased. I think that we also uh, got the um, non-league guy as well. I'm thrilled with that. I really. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. they've seen they've played any preseason games. Has he played with the like the under twenty threes or anything? Is he? <clears throat> there was that one from non-league, and there was the one from Doncaster. I think that we signed. Yeah, sure. There's two of them. I don't think either of them have played 
with the first team. I'm not sure if they played with the under 23s. You know, for the future as well, you think if they can play, if they play yeah. with 23s for a season now and they see that, yeah, this is this, there's some player in there. I love that sort of yeah. thing. I think this one's offering, like opening their eyes to other options is really important. It's how we got Piro, you know? like Well, you never know who's going to come through to break through to the first team and sure. make the next yeah. like big sale that. Saves, saves you having to sell a couple of players, but do I think um, we need another striker. Yes. Do I think we need someone a right-footed sort of wing-back winger character? Yes. But otherwise, I think we're in a good position. I think agree? striker though, it looks like Kala might stay. Uh, yes. off the gone. I haven't seen much of Kyle Joseph. I'm not sure he's still there, but so there's four of them. Isn't so he you know, used to yeah. go to? The, Peterborough somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's gone quiet yeah. for the moment, but I'd imagine he's the sort of one that might leave on deadline day. And Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a nothing signing, really, unfortunately. Well, he's young, isn't he? So yeah, he, did come off, he did come off the bench a couple of times last year, but quite often when it was too late to actually make a difference. And Correct. the way that we were working that. last year was we were all knackered by the end of the game and we were never attacking in the last 10 minutes, so yeah. he just couldn't do anything. Yeah, but um, hopefully the fitness is better this year. But obviously, yeah. you know that Obafemi and Perot are going to be starting, like yeah. either together every game or one of them's going to start, unless there's like drastic True. injury problems. Yeah. And I guess Cullen's going to be the one that's going to come off to come make on. an impact, which he did do last season until he went on loan. Yeah, True. But then Carl Joseph was recalled. So, yeah. Um, Russell Martin has said he likes him because he works hard. Yeah, and we like a hard worker. If you can work hard there, you can get something from someone. Do you know what I mean? The, the yeah. rewards do come eventually if you work hard. Um, and you've got the right kind of people around you, for sure. I scored think, a nice free kick the other day as well. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Really nice. And I don't know if there's someone who might be able to be on the end of those, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did notice, you said Russell Martin looks like he's getting some of the players that he wants to get in. Obviously, we got rid of... I don't know if it was sacked or just a mutual, but Andy Scott, the recruitment. Yeah. I don't know what role it was, recruitment analysis, or he's yeah. in charge of the recruitment regardless. Um, I'm wondering, because it's been a couple of misses the last couple of windows. So you had the weird situation that's going wrong, uh, going around with Ogbetta. Yeah. Signed in January, not really had a sniff. He's already up for sale, apparently. He's not involved in the first team. Um, and then you've got Liam Walsh yeah. last season, yeah. which yeah. looked like he might have been coming back to get involved, but then he's got an Achilles injury, so he's kind of out of the question for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if, like, these little misses, they were obviously on the shortlist from the club for a while, I think, perhaps before Martin. Yeah. And maybe Martin's vision and the vision of Andy Scott and who he's looking at weren't matching up a little bit. And I'm wondering if Martin's kind of taken him more into his own hands or got his own man in that role now. Yeah. That suits the direction of what he's trying to do um, rather than maybe the Steve Cooper style stuff. Yeah, because even over. Joel Perrault, yeah. when Martin came in, he wasn't a fan of him. He didn't. He wasn't in the matchday squad on the first match of last season. Yeah, and everyone was like, what's going on here? And he did say in an interview last week, I think, that he didn't see eye to eye with Joel Perrault when he first walked through the door. But obviously it's worked out and he's a fantastic player and yeah, he's yeah, obviously yeah. Sure. convinced him now that, that it's, it works and he's good. But yeah, whatever it was, like at, at first he wasn't convinced by him. So was what Steve Cooper's team needed was Piro, right? Yeah. Like we we lacked that 
that final goal threat. And like where by by the end of the season, like IU was knackered, like they were all exhausted, and and uh, Jamal Lowe was knackered. Do you remember how exhausted they all looked towards the yeah. end of the season? Like if we just had that other option of a Joel Piro, like you would have, we would we have finished up the table very much possibly. Would we have got? Through yeah, if we've got Joel Piro in January, I think we would have yeah. got top two. To be honest. You know, it's all we were really missing that season, I feel. So, because the defence was not an issue at all. The defence was sweet as that. You know, it was what we yeah. were missing. So, like you say, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a Russell Martin find. But like you say, Russell Martin has played him in slightly different positions as well. Yeah. And seen that there's a, there's a lot more to him as well than what we initially thought. So, yeah. Just interesting to see how the back of us is evolving around him as well as obviously yeah. the team. Yeah, and we'll see if that has... Yeah, see if that has an impact in the next couple of transfer windows and if the direction is changing. They've already gone away from loan players quite a bit. There's only one yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's good to see because people were getting concerned we were selling, replacing with temporary players and that's obviously going to end in a bad situation. But yeah. it seemed to have fixed that a little bit, so that's good. Um, yeah. last, last question then. Let's just have a look at this weekend now i don't know actually when i'm gonna release this video it might actually be after okay. yeah after the game but we'll talk about it anyway rotherham is the first game for the swans away oh, yeah. um how do you see that one going um <laughs> i have absolutely no idea i think it could be i think we may be in for a rocky august i think I think we're going to start bad and then it's going to turn good. I think that that's what's going to happen. Rotherham will be coming out all guns blazing because they're just desperate to stay up this time. Um, but again, we have a lot of quality. You've seen in pre-season, um, Joel Puro will, might may well score a goal or two. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with like a little 2-2 draw. I think we could still be quite messy at the back. I think it's very new. I think yeah. we knew. I think we're able to. We're going to be able to score goals, particularly against a Rotherham. But I still think that there'll be work to do after it. So I'm. I'm not going to start the season too like, you know. I'm going to be realistic here and think. I think I'm going to go for a two-two. I watched Benjamin Bloom's predictions uh, earlier oh, yeah. and he said pretty much the same. Rocky start for yeah. the but on to better things, and he called for draw as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to say, I think I said 2-1 the other day, so I'm going to cool. keep it yeah, consistent. I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not always easy against a promoted team, but I think no. we need to take advantage of the fact that they promote a team. Rather yeah. than one of the favourites to go down. So get at them straight away. Don't know messing about. <laughs> yeah, let's just get a good start, get some goals, yeah. and get on the right foot. For the rest of the season. Yeah, last season we didn't have a great start, did we? So it'll no. be it'll be nice to have a good start and be up there just from the beginning. Yeah. Where where are we gonna finish the season then? Ninth. Ninth, okay. We'll see. We'll come back. Come back yeah, at the end. And... We'll come back and we'll see how we go. And I might change my mind at some point. <laughs> but now I think a comfortable ninth. Um, you know, with that I mean, being take a few a few points off sixth, you know, like with it being kind of tight around that area. Be happy yeah. with that, I think. Progress, yeah, and that's the main thing, going in the right direction. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining me. It's been just over an hour, so call it a day there. Um, as always, if you want to follow Amy or any of her stuff with her game too, do you want to remind everyone where they can yeah, find sure. you? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter is on the handle there, but of course, at her game too. Um, any questions, just drop us a DM, um, tag us in stuff, um, and we'll get back to you via there. Yeah. 
So go check that out and give them support. And as always, if you enjoyed what we're doing here, don't forget to subscribe to the video, leave a like as well, and let us know in the comments if you agree with any of the stuff we said. Like, who do you think our best signing is? Where do you think we're going to finish by the end of the season? Let us know all that good stuff. And we shall see you in the next one. So thank you very much, Amy. Thank you. Um, speak to you again. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.